conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Drew Deitch, and we are talking about Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics, The Invisible Art. It is a fantastic read about, well, the art of comics. And Drew, thank you so much, one, for joining me, and two, for suggesting this. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with, with, with Welcome to Geekdom, you know, starting to put out its last few episodes and and you know with your your love of comics as as an art form and storytelling this was one that i had pitched and honestly out of, out of all uh, i pitched you like three things and out of all three of them i was like i hope she picks this one because i think this book changed my life in terms of i was getting you know i'd always liked comics as a kid and and never drifted away from them really but when i was in i want to say probably sometime in about late middle school, early high school was when I started to really delve into comics in a much broader sense. And this book was one that came up and I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I, I look at these, this art form as an art form um, and, and a unique art form. And it's like, oh, I should probably read up a little bit about it, you know, if just to understand terminology better and, and, you know, things like that. And what I found about this book that changed my life is like, yes, it, it is about the specific art of comics and certain things that are unique to the world of comics. But I think this is a book that people who have no interest in comics at all should still read because, because it, it, it covers a much wider swath of discussion when it comes to just art in general. For sure. And there were things in this that I didn't even consider in relation to comics that I thought was really interesting. Like when he's sort of going through the history of art, so to speak, and talking about like, Mm. you know, tapestries and all of the kind of cave art and stuff that we've seen from like hundreds of years ago and how it's similar to comics because it's telling a sequential story. And I just thought that was all really fascinating because I've never thought of that kind of history and art in that way. And I was just like, oh, you know what? I do see what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, what, what I what I love about McLeod is like his definition of comics. It's not comic book, it's comics. And he he argues that these kinds of things are comics. Like what, and, and you know, he doesn't come right out and say it, but there's a couple times where he makes references or allusions to children's books which are you know big pictures with words and he's like but we don't call these comics because comics is you know a much like horror as a genre definition it has a lesser status when you call something like that to a lot of people you couldn't call the very hungry caterpillar comics no it's a it's a book but it's like no it's it's comics like as as defined by his definition of comics it's comics to the point where like, yes, these cave drawings and these, you know, ancient tapestries of, you know, folklore from different, it's like, this is comics. It's all comics. And so much of the early part of the book is him, you know, that first chapter breaking down people's preconceived notions. And, and obviously because he's a comic artist, what, there's no other way to do this other than in a comic form. And the way he does it is 
filled with brilliance and humor and and really I, I don't think you could like you could read this as an essay as just words on a piece of paper and you'd still get a lot of the ideas and I think it would still work. Yeah. But by him turning it into a comic to illustrate literally a lot of these ideas, I think that's the the magic stroke of genius in this book. Yeah, it's just so good. And it, Drew, I know that you know this, and I'm sure some of the listeners know this as well. I love books that are about like the making of things. I have a ton of the mm. art of Star Wars books. I have some for Marvel, Pixar. I have the Alien one, which is massive. <laughs> and I just find a lot of this stuff so interesting. And while this isn't about making comics, it's still about understanding a lot of the thought process and the technique that goes with making comics and just understanding the format in general, which I really liked. And the fact that most of this is in black and white too. I feel like just allows you to focus more on the words that are being said. Sure. Because he, he this talks is, about that. Yeah, because this isn't like a big splashy comic book by any means. A lot of the shots are literally just a version of him talking, a lot of the panels. And it's mm. not even like the most interesting comic visually, but then you'll have certain panels where it, it almost looks like you have like a tape measure turning into a clock, you know, and you just have a bunch of mm -hmm. weird stuff going on with some of the panels that I think perfectly encapsulates what he is trying to get across. And you have stuff included in here, like the scream by Edward Munch and you just have so many interesting things to break up those panels where it's just him sort of talking at you in the comic. And I think it just works really well. Because like I said, it's not even big and splashy necessarily. It's just some of the stuff is kind of weird and it's practical. And then once he starts talking about how color came into the picture, because for the longest time, comics were just, you know, printed in black and white and newspapers. And then when they started to print them in color on the same type of paper, but as comics, there were only certain colors that would show up on that newspaper, basically. So right. just going through all of that too was really fascinating because it's like in the back of my mind, I knew those things about the color and the newspaper and all of that stuff, but I never really sat down to think about it yeah i i i love this book so much because like you're saying this was really to me this was my first exposure to a segment of art history it's like okay i learned about you know when printing came into effect and how it was affected and how it changed and how it applied to comics you know it, it this as much as this is, yes, this is about the art form of comics. It's about the technique, the structures, the tools, the the language, the vocabulary. It is so much larger than that. Like that, and that's why this book has always stuck with me. And one of the chapters that I feel is prophetic. It's I believe the second chapter because he talks about icons and cartoons and what it means to represent things in iconic ways um and there's an entire breakdown of a scale where he does like okay here's a a, a fairly trying to be realistic 
illustration of a face all the way down to two dots in a line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why do we see a face when we just see these two dots in a line? Like, why can't, why is your brain making that into a face? And then he talks about that as the power of the icon. Um, you know, specifically the human face is the thing to get into because he has a whole stretch where he's like, we're a self-centered race as humans. We see ourselves in everything. And he gives examples of like, look, look at the front of a car. Doesn't it look like a face? Like, look at this little container. Doesn't it just put in two circles in this together? Um, it looks like a face. And then he has that wonderful experiment where he says, like, have somebody draw a bunch of closed shapes that, you know, can be whatever. Um, and they don't look like anything. But with the addition of just a circle and a dot inside that circle, it suddenly has turned into an eye. And it's like, why? Why are our brains, you know, wired to do that? Um, and that's the kind of stuff that I think goes beyond just what's going on with comic books here. It's like, this is a, a bigger, rev this was such a bigger revelation to me about just art, like visual art in general, you know, to the point where the, 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 the prophetic part is that he starts talking about how, you know, his argument is that the more you turn something into a cartoon, it actually can communicate its intention better to a viewer yeah. and it can relate to them better. And then he, he does a little example of, you know, you've been seeing his cartoon version of himself and then he does a realistic version. He's like, do you think you would listen to me as much if I look like this the whole way through? <laughs> and and it's yeah. like, wow. And then he gets to he's like, I think that, you know, cartoons and icons, you know, he as he describes it, making this icons. um, is a way to create universal language. And this book came out in 1993 originally. So, you know, it's going to be 30 years old at this point. And I read them like, dude, you predicted em emojis and emoticons. Like that is a universe. Like any, anyone on the planet could communicate to you through emojis and understand like the idea that you're trying to get across. And it's like, that's the power of cartoon and icon. And it's what so much of comics as a, as an art form relies upon um you know i'm not going to go through every single chapter here but I, I i do i do really like the chapter blood in the gutter yeah i i wanted to bring that up because that's one thing that i think a lot of people especially if they're new to comics they don't really think about that empty space in between the panels and sort mm -hmm. of the purpose of it and i remember when i first learned that they were called gutters i was like oh Okay, that, that's interesting. And he obviously also goes through the vocabulary of comics in general. So like all of the yeah. terms are explained to you. But yeah, tell me what you loved about the gutter chapter, because that one definitely caught my attention too. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's one of the great examples of what makes comics unique as an art form. Because through the juxtaposition of certain images, you're creating a sense of time between between you and the reader. And so he illustrates, it's like, he, he has that wonderful big panel, a uh, big page where it's like the story about the guy that is, goes dr dr drunk driving. And he, sh he illustrates like, here's a giant, like every single little moment that like how you could tell this story and uh, how it affects obviously our relationship with time in the story. And the, you know, it, oh, you know, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go driving or whatever. It's like, don't drink Carl. He's like, I won't. And then you know, he'll do a version of it where it's like, okay, it's four panels. It's that. And then an opening guy like, ah, maybe one won't hurt. And then his car kind of skidding. And then a picture of his grave, RIP Carl. And then he's like, 
what if this is the story and it's just two panels of like, you know, I'm going to go for a drive. Don't drink, Carl. I yeah. won't. And then the next thing is his tombstone, R.I.P. Carl. And it's like the the idea is that comics allows the reader to take a, an extremely unique participation in the flow of time with a st- when it comes to using comics as a storytelling device. And his illustration in this Blood in the Gutter is two panels of, you know, a guy about to hit somebody with an axe saying, like, now you die. And the next panel is just a cityscape with the word eek, you know, Mm -hmm. like a scream above it. And he says, like, what happened? Like, you decided, like, where the axe, you know, landed. Maybe it didn't land at all. Like, whatever happened in between those two panels, you created in your mind. And that's part of the magic of comics. That was really, really good. I remember when I was reading that, I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes you can tell when things are purposefully kind of spelled out for you, where there are more panels than Mm. maybe necessary, but it's serving a specific purpose. Whereas what his point was, was that you don't need to show every little thing. Instead, the audience is smart enough to be able to figure out what happened in between those two or three panels. You know, he wasn't, he was like, you don't have to necessarily just do two. Like you have to find that balance between what's too many, what's too few. And I really like that because you and I both have probably read stuff where you'll get like a nine panel page and the whole page is just like a character's facial expressions. And Mm-hmm. While you ne- don't necessarily need so many shots of someone's facial expressions, when that does happen, especially in bigger comics, it's almost always for a purpose. And maybe you don't have to do as much work in between panels in that gutter area. But I think it's still an interesting way to look at things. Like there are times when it's too much, we probably could do with less. And then sometimes you're just like, wait, how did we get here? And it's finding that balance that's really important. Well, that I, I, I another chapter that's really great is when he talks about how time works in, in comics when it comes to images. Like he, he gives an example of this big long panel of like a party going on. And on the left side of the panel, you have somebody taking a picture and a person reacting to that picture. And then in the middle of the, of of the panel, there's other stuff going on. And he's like, if you look at this, it's, it's technically a still image, but by the way that you read it and the way that events are happening, you know, this all didn't happen in one single solitary second. There's a progression of time going on in this single panel. And uh, he illustrates that again with another thing. It was like, you know, pan- I, I think that's when he's the chapter that's specifically talking about panels because he gives an example of, well, look, here's uh, can you change the emotion of a panel by changing how large it is? And he has like a, a drunk guy saying something like da and then a guy just kind of looking disinterested and then another panel of him saying, I guess. And he originally just does that as three equally square panels. But then when the guy, the drunk guy says something uh, in the second panel, he's like, what if I make this panel longer than the other two panels and show more of the area to create a mood of, you know, this guy is feeling alone and in his thoughts. And then clearly in the next panel doesn't care. Um, Or he, I think he gives that example as well, where he's like, what if I repeat this image over multiple panels of this guy just sitting here you get the sense of, okay, there's a progression of time going on 
of some sort that is elongating this moment. And that's like, there's so much about that, that probably I think for most people, if your exposure to comics is when you're really young, this is stuff that, like you're saying, it's probably just you pick it up as you go and you don't really have names for it or even understand how it's working, but good comics don't need you to. They just operate on these levels of your brain that understand this stuff intrinsically. And he's, you know, putting names to it and, and illustrating it and things like that. And and uh, it's it's a wonderful, again, like, it, it is specific to the world of comics, but I like that he, he expands it to so many more things. Like, I can't remember which chapter it is, but he talks about film and he's like you could argue that films are just really 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 slow comics because you know they're they're 24 frames a second to portray this he's like but then the illusion of film is that they're you know played at a certain speed so they don't look uh individual but technically if you rolled out a piece of film strip it's like yeah this is a comic um um so i i love i love his ability to look at this stuff and to, you know, like early on, like one of the best little things is when he's just trying to define like, what is comics? Because so many people associate comics, not with the medium, but with the material that's made within it. And, uh, you know, somebody's like, you know, shouldn't, what, what about Batman? Isn't there Batman? Like what, shouldn't Batman be in our <laughs> yeah. definition of comics? And it's like, okay, like what, that's not what we're talking about. And, and he has a wonderful, illustration um where he has a little just like glass pitcher that has etched on it comics and he's like within this there's a whole world of material it can be superheroes romance you know sci-fi whatever but those aren't comics those are just the things that comics contain and again like he's he's very funny like the the sense of humor is really wonderful and present you know it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to talk about as i think with a lot of comics because the visual nature of it is so like you'll get it when when it's in the moment, but you know trying to describe it exactly can sometimes be a little clunky because, as he argues, he's like some things you know the art form is the the medium's chosen because it's the best medium to get this idea across. Yeah. One other thing I'll really focus on because while I think anybody who has even a remote interest in comics should read this, I think anyone who has an interest in art should read this book. Because there is a section where he talks about, he comes up with the six steps of of artistic creation. I literally have it on that page right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, and 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 it's and this is it's like yeah, he relates it to the world of comics, but this is a great tool for people trying to understand. Well, how do I create art? Like, what's the what's the reason I'm doing it? What's the you know, impetus behind it. And, you know, what's the, what's the drive that I have? And then it comes to what medium am I choosing? Why am I choosing that medium for Mm -hmm. it? And, and this is like a lesson I think anybody in any art form should, should read. I think it's so valuable beyond just trying to understand comics. Yeah. Because in that same section, there's, you know, this way that he's displaying it, which is as an apple. And it says in all the arts, it's the surface that people appreciate most easily, like an apple chosen for its shiny skin. And to me, if you want to relate this to movies or TV shows, it's like seeing a preview for a TV show, seeing, you know, seeing a commercial or seeing a film trailer. That is sort of like, hey, look at all these people 
look at these characters you'd like, go watch this movie. You know, that's sort of the surface level of it. And then under that, you have the craft, structure, idiom, form, and the idea is at the core of it. And I just love the way that he used the apple <laughs> to display that because it's perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's so much of that. There, there's so much of that in the book where he he understands the power of icons and like how an icon can get an idea across way better than other, maybe a more realistic por- like, you know, uh, idea. And, you know, he breaks down the idea of words. He's like, he's like, words are, you know, like letters are their own iconography. Like they, they're symbols that mean something when put together. And, uh, but where, where's the, what happens when you go from, just letters to an actual pictorial drawing. And the the thing he does a lot about this and, you know, what it means, uh, uh, I think it's even on the, the back cover. He has a person, a person's face, and one of their eyes has been replaced with the word I. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we, we understand what that means, but you can draw a circle and then another circle inside it, and our brain knows that's an I, which, like, to me is so, like, insane. That our brains are wired to just look at what is what is actually a totally abstract, non-connected image. Like if you just draw two dots and a line underneath it, that's actually nothing. It's two dots and a line. But we can't help but see it as a face. And the ability of him to break down these kinds of ideas and how they relate to images and language, it's so smartly done and and done with a really good sense of humor and good done with a a true understanding and also you know a, a a placement of like there's times in the comic where he's like you know I'm making this argument but things are always changing so you know thing my my definition or my appraisal of this particular concept is totally going to change and that's great like that's good like these things shouldn't necessarily be stuck in stone because then they they can't evolve and and that's why like this book to me is is so much more than just hey you're a really big comic book fan you should read this and then you'll you know know a bunch of terminology and know how comics you know the basic workings of comics it's like yes you'll absolutely get that from this book but what makes this i think one of my favorite books of all time and books like not comics like just books is is that it is it is a really great window into how to appreciate primarily visual art, but art in general. And, uh, you know, like, uh, it, 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 cause he touches on other art forms. I think he talks about music because he also talks about, uh, delivery systems of art and like the steps that they have to go through to get somebody. And I think he's like, music is the, is the biggest because it's so direct. Like it, it's the most direct of the art forms in terms of, its delivery system. It doesn't feel like a textbook. It's, you know, it's an essay and it's very literate and academic, but it doesn't feel like it's the best kind of learning where you're learning sometimes without realizing you're learning something because of the way he illustrates things. It's so brilliant. Yeah. The way I feel about this is very similar to how I felt about on writing, which you and I talked about for Chat Cemetery, because Mm -hmm. you are talking about the medium in the medium that exactly you're talking about you know so i think that works best to illustrate your point like if on writing had been just like 
a webcomic or something because King has done stuff like that, you know, like the little green god of agony or whatever that webcomic is called. You know, it just wouldn't have the same impact. Or if it was just a short story that was about writing novels, it wouldn't feel quite the same. And I, I think that the way that Scott McCloud, like you said, uses this format, it just works so well. And I'll definitely be picking up reinventing comics at some point, even if it is a little outdated by now, just because I also have making comics by him. So I'm just like, I feel the need to have all three now because I have one and three. But I also have Will Eisner's books, the three books that are on like sequential art and stuff. And so reading this. Yes, that's awesome. Makes me excited to dive into the Will Eisner books as well, because I've heard, I had heard good things about both. And I was like, okay, these are the ones that I have to have if I want to understand this format better. And like you were saying, this one genuinely just applies to art in general. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know we've kept this brief here, even though this is a pretty dense book, you know, (laughs) but... Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely dense. And at the end of the day, as much as we can praise it and recommend it, it really is like, you're going to get it through the medium it was supposed to be made yeah. for you know like it the, the the like we can cite as many examples as we want but the only way you're really going to feel the magic of it and to get the point across is to see how he constructed it as a you know a piece of comics art um and i i i think you know again this book is 30 years old like it it it's before any social medias or anything, you know, like that were, were out and about. So of course there will be some dated aspects of it, but to, to the point where I'm like, there's a section in here where I'm telling you that dude is talking about emojis as a language and like how they are, are a great way of communication to anybody. Like you don't, nobody had two people can speak totally different languages, but if you show them, you know, the, the, eggplant and water drop emoji (laughs) together now we as a culture we immediately understand what that means and that's that's kind of amazing that that his 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 approach to talking about comics and cartooning and iconography has reached that point and you know he may very well talk about some of that in some of the later books i've not read them um and i'd be you know deeply interested to to hear your takes on them because I really think this is this is one of like the most necessary books I've ever read mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and of course, yes, I love comics. I, I, I and when I'm saying comics, I'm th- I'm talking about the mainstream definition of them because Scott McCloud's definition of comics is much broader, and I like that. Um, I, I like so so that you know when I talk about comics now. As that word, it's like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a much bigger, broader art form. Like, I, lit- I literally can't, like, <laughs> I've read this book a bunch of times, and uh, this was the one where I really keyed on, keyed in on, like, he just wants to come out and be like, all kids' picture books are comics. We should just call them comics. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to call them now. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the the Rainbow Fish, great comic. Because it is. Like, that's what these things are. It's, a, it's an art form that has so much vast potential beyond what most people associate it with, which is going to be, you know, the storytelling content, which is superheroes and action adventure and things like that. And it's like the art form is so much bigger and broader than that. And this is the book that really, really opened up my eyes to that. And I think still continues to be a great eye opener in terms of art and uh, the creation of art 
And uh, it, it's one that, you know, I, I would recommend to anybody, even if they even if they dislike comics, I'd be like, read this, like, because it's if if you dislike comics, but you really love other art forms and are into art discussion and art appraisal, read this because this is an incredible insight into a unique art form and how that art form is actually you know, taking use of a whole lot of other things, um, that other art utilizes and just, and just living every day in life. Like, uh, you know, just being able to look at a, a symbol in, or an icon in our world and immediately understand what it means with no context or anything, um, I think is one of the really big, uh, revelations that this book gave to me when I when I first was able to discover it. So yeah, I just I I can't recommend this book enough. I want to like, I w- this is the kind of book I wish they would give uh, like people in schools. Yeah, because it's like oh it's fun, it's funny, it's 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 you know it's easy to read. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're reading a textbook. It's like oh I'm reading a comic and but within that you're learning some incredibly powerful uh lessons about art i just i love this book so much yeah i really loved it too and i can't agree more with everything you just said because i think way more people should read this if they have any interest in any type of media whatsoever yeah that that's i I, i'm like this goes beyond comic books as you understand them like the this window into comics is actually a window into art in general because the same thing can be said you know for any art form uh, when it comes to like oh well we we don't associate all movies as being superhero movies like most people probably associate comic books with just being superhero stories yeah you know it, it it's like no there's 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 a whole bigger broader wonderful world and and the way that McLeod is able to illustrate that with with like I say a sense of humor, a real good sense of understanding how an image can convey a particular idea or or argument, it's just some of the best stuff I've seen in any medium. So yeah, if you're if you've listened to this all the way through and you've not read Understanding Comics, buy a copy now. Yeah, definitely. Well, Drew, thank you again for joining me and for recommending this. Happy to. I'm, I'm, this was one of my favorite things that we've gotten to cover in, in all of our podcasting, because I think this is one that's uh, that's just so, so wonderful. And every time I read it, this is like probably the fifth time I've read it in my life. And it's just like, oh, I just find something new or I re- I'm reminded of, of a really good point. And if, if one person reads this book because of this podcast, I consider mission accomplished. And yes, I'm very glad I was able to come on here and contribute to this discussion. So so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for all your, the work you've done on Welcome to Geekdom. I don't know if anybody else will do that in an episode, but I want to thank you for all, all the episodes that you've put out. And I'm glad that I've been able to be a part of it in some small way. I appreciate that. Trying to end on a on some high notes here. Yes. Well, this is, yeah, I... I this is going to be my last Geekdom episode, and I, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with going out on Understanding Comics. Perfect. Love it.